Welcome to the Daily Preem by Veloci, where we answer questions about riding, racing, and training every day of the week. I'm your host, Aaron McNanny. Thanks for listening. All right, so the question of the day is, sometimes I get bored on long rides. Any ideas? This is a particularly interesting question for me because there was a time about two years ago when I was living in uh, the, I don't know, the badlands of New Mexico or the plains of New Mexico. And um, actually, my, my team gave me the nickname Etch-A-Sketch because the roads, the country roads in the area that I lived were so spread out and they were so like linear and square that all of my rides, they looked like they were just like big boxes. And at first they were like, are you just like riding around the neighborhood? And then they'd see the distance was like 35 mile rides, but it's just like one big box or maybe just like an out and back or something like that. So my point is that during this time, my rides were so boring. I would say, I mean, I could go on a 40 mile ride and my elevation would be like 500 feet. It was crazy. Um, and you know, straight roads, not a lot of turns, not a lot of curves, honestly, not a lot to look at. So there's definitely a boredom, uh, issue at stake there. And I would find myself, you know, 20 miles into a 55 mile ride, just thinking, how am I going to get through this? Like, what am I going to do? So this was something that was very, that, you know, that I was very aware of, and I had to come up with ways to keep my mind occupied, um, more than just like the typical uh, cures, like, oh, just listen to music. So uh, here's my list of things. I've got four little things that you could do to keep yourself, keep your mind occupied while you're on these long training rides. Um, and again, this would be like a long endurance ride. If if you're doing like a long um, uh, interval ride and, you know, you're breaking up with intervals, probably you're going to be focused on the effort you know, but when you're doing like a long endurance ride, maybe you're riding for two and a half hours at just like an endurance pace, it's just not super hard. And so your mind's just not occupied and, you know, you, you got to have something to do. So here's what I got for you. So first of all, practice some weird techniques. Um, I've got a list here of things that you could do. Um, and again, these may sound stupid, but like when you're bored, the, you know, this is something you can do to, to optimize your time. Um, so you can uh, check your practice checking your six um, on both sides. Uh, so what that would mean is, you know, if you're in the middle of a race, you don't have the luxury of sitting up, you know, taking a hand off of the handlebars and turning, you know, swiveling your body backwards to look behind you. Typically, you're kind of looking through your arm or you're looking backwards, and a lot of riders will favor one side. So um, probably if you're riding on the road a lot, you're favoring the left side if you're in America because you're checking for oncoming traffic. Well, in a race, you maybe you, maybe there's a guy coming around your right side. It sounds stupid, but um, you know your balance while you have swiveled your head around and your um, you know your whole center of gravity changes and your perspective changes. Your line of you lose your line of sight, you know, with the road, and so it's something that you can practice, kind of like looking backwards and you know just kind of peering back there and practicing the body movement, getting smooth with it and getting comfortable with it, uh, and keeping a straight line. A lot of people, even when they're checking on their dominant side, like their left side, 
they start swerving to the left inward. That's not very safe inward towards traffic. So it's something that you can practice and possibly uh, even, you know, increase your safety by getting better at checking your six while keeping a straight line. So secondly, you could uh, practice riding the bumps. What I mean by riding the bumps, and I'm going to actually write a blog post about this soon, is a lot of road cyclists especially, they avoid every little pothole in the road, every little bump. And sometimes it's for good reason. Well, first of all, it's, it's more efficient to ride on a flat surface um, just f uh, based on physics. Secondly, you know, you got the uh, smaller tires, higher pressures. You don't want to pinch flat. You don't want, um, you know, to be rattling your bike too much. But also, I think that as cyclists, we fall into this mentality where we just are used to this smooth riding. And it was very apparent to me when I started racing cyclocross and mountain, uh, how like bumpy and um, it's just so taxing your system because w when you're on like a mountain bike or a cross bike, every little, every degree of your pedal stroke, your legs are engaged and there's just, you know, there's very little um, room for resting through the pedal stroke because it's not smooth. So um, what I would recommend, and actually there's a section, there's this climb that I like to do near me. It's about a 15 minute, 10, 15 minute climb. And right along that white strip, you know, along the, the side of the road, there are cutouts about half an inch deep where they have reflectors in the road for motorists. And I like to ride over every single one of them. And it's deep enough. It's not deep enough where it's going to break my bike or hurt me or, you know, throw my wheel out of true, but it's deep enough to where every single time it's sort of like, I don't want to say it's a shock to the system, but your legs have to adapt to it. And especially because it's on a climb, your legs have to continue that forward momentum over those bumps in a way that they're not used to. Um, it's kind of the, it's like a functional fitness mentality. So we all know the difference between someone who just, you know, does bicep curls day in and day out and they get this huge tennis ball on their bicep, you know, and then they, and then you ask them to do a functional exercise and all of those smaller stabilizing muscles around the bicep and no one really does this anymore, but all those smaller stabilizing muscles around the bicep, they're no longer, they're, they're not as strong as that tennis ball bicep is by itself. And so, uh, you know, the, the comprehensive fitness isn't there. So you can get really good at spinning a really smooth, efficient, you know, black flat top uh, pedal stroke. But then as soon as you start getting on a bumpy surface, you're, you're all those stabilizing muscles that have to constantly engage and react to the changing conditions of the road. Um, you know, they're not going to be as effective. So that's something that you can practice is you can, rather than try to avoid the potholes, or, you know, the, and the, the uh, little um, birthmarks of the road, <laughs> uh, you can try to hit them and, you know, turn it into an interesting workout where you're not just engaging your mind, but you're engaging your legs. Uh, besides that, you could practice some lung exercises. So breathing really deep, and expanding the lung cavity as much as possible and then breathing all of the uh, air out of your lungs. Um, this is something you can do before races as well. That's a different subject, but that is another thing that is occupying your mind. And at the same time, it is stretching 
the a lot of that fascia within the rib cage and expanding those muscles and engaging um, some of the uh, material inside of your lungs that sometimes, especially on those on those endurance rides, you're not going to be breathing as much and engaging that system as much. So uh, that's another good thing for for you to practice. Uh, you can practice, uh, you know, where your focus is. So a lot of times in those endurance rides, you're just kind of looking down at the road and, you, you know, you'll be, you know, you'll ride for two, two miles before you realize, oh, hey, I haven't even looked up to see what's around me. Um, and if you live where I live right now in Pennsylvania, you, you probably can't even imagine what that's like. But let me tell you, there are places in the country where people are riding right now, and that's just how it is. It's a flat road, and there is nothing to look at but grass. Okay, so those are some weird techniques you can practice. Other than practicing weird techniques, you can listen to a podcast or an audiobook. I think that that's a little bit more practical on these longer rides than music. Music just kind of gets two, two hours of listening to music. I mean, come on. Like, I love music as, as much as the next guy. Um, but it's just, it can get a little bit tiring and fatiguing on the ears. So podcasts and audiobooks, they really, um, they engage your mind and they kind of take you to another place. Uh, man, when I was living in New Mexico, it was just podcast, podcast, podcast. And um, yeah, it really got me through a lot of those long rides. Uh, bringing along a friend, that's number three. Uh, you know, and that may seem like an obvious thing, but let's say you have one, maybe two super long endurance rides throughout the week, um, just make sure that you plan ahead and maybe call your buddy and say, hey, uh, you know, Sunday is my big ride this week. Uh, you want to do it with me? Three hours long? And maybe they say, oh, man, I only have schedule. I have only have enough time for an hour and a half. All right, well, can I ride an hour and a half with you at least? You know, that, that kind of splits it up a little bit and um, takes your mind off of that, gives you a riding partner to, to discuss things with and talk to. And then finally, number four, is you can split up the ride into segments. For me, having tangible numbers, tangible goals, it's very practical and very helpful. Um, so what do, I, what do I mean by segments? Because we're not talking about intervals here, right? This is an endurance ride. Well, first of all, is a warm-up and cool-down period. And we'll have another discussion about this some other time, but I really value the warm-up and cool-down time in a ride. There's a lot of times that, you know, even on our group rides, I am very adamant that we don't go crazy on, you know, the first 10 or 15 minutes of a ride because I don't want it to be – but it's an emotional reason. You know, we don't want to be intimidating. Uh, we don't want to be, um, you know, scaring anyone off thinking that this is going to be like a crazy ride. Um, and then also, like, some people, they just – it takes a little longer for the system to get going. And, you know, I'm only 30 years old, but I can already tell that the older I get and, and also the stronger I get, the longer it takes me to warm up. And so I don't wonder that it takes the pros, you know, sometimes 40 minutes on the trainer warming up for a 20-kilometer time trial. Um, so, yeah, anyways, the warm-up and cool-down period, very important, allows you to focus on certain things, get your mind around the ride, and just by saying like, okay, for 15 minutes, I'm going to, you know, sp just spin at whatever watts I want to. Um, and then after 15 minutes, that's when my endurance uh, period will start. Well, that's 15 minutes. And if your cool down is 15 minutes, well, that's half an hour. So you've already sort of sectioned out half an hour of the ride where 
you know, it breaks it down a little bit. And then on top of that, you can break it up into, you know, 20 to 30 minute sections of higher cadence and lower cadence. Um, you can be as creative as you want. Maybe you say, okay, for after my warm-up, I'm gonna do a 20 minute spin, I'm gonna do a 20 minute endurance segment at whatever cadence. And then after that 20 minutes, I'm gonna go into a low cadence. So I'm gonna be maintaining the same watts, but a lower cadence, maybe 80 to 85 um, RPMs. And then after 20 minutes of that, I'm gonna jump up to a higher cadence. So maybe 95 to 100 RPMs. And again, you can just be as creative as you want. And all of those 20 minute, you know, before you know it, you're two and a half hours into a ride and you're running into your cooldown period. And you know, it just makes it a little bit easier to split things up. So if you have some creative ideas on how to pass the time on long endurance rides, by all means, share them. Uh, leave them in a comment at the bottom of this, uh, on this blog post, and I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to today's Daily Preen. If you have a question you'd like to have answered, DM me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And if you enjoyed the podcast, head over to iTunes and subscribe. I'll see you back here tomorrow.